Welcome to the Athletes Mindset Academy podcast, where we help gymnastics coaches and parents develop happy, healthy athletes who know how to win. Let's get started. Hey guys, it's Coach Allie and Coach Amy with Athletes Mindset Academy. We are here talking to you today about more relationship ideas. Relationships are so important. Everything that we um, do during the day is with like a relationship with someone or something. And so if if we can learn how to manage our emotions around relationships, we're going to feel a lot more in control and we're going to feel less desire to try to control everything around us. So today specifically, we want to talk about the idea of how to take responsibility for your emotions, your feelings in a relationship so that you can feel empowered. So you can take back essentially your power because when we blame other people, we essentially lose power because we're giving them the power to decide how we feel. So we want to go over that today with you guys and and give you some examples, help you understand how to take back your responsibility for how you're feeling so that you don't get into this kind of tangled mess, um, believing that something or someone else can make you feel less than or frustrated or whatever it is. Um, As coaches, I know that there's a lot of coaches and athletes and parents, you know, all the trifecta that um, want to look at each other and point uh, fingers and say, this is because of that person. But what if we, and how would it be different for you if you stopped pointing fingers and kind of pointed it back to yourself and, and consider how am I also doing these same things that I'm frustrated about with this other person? How am I causing some of these things because of how I'm feeling? So I'm reactive instead of responsive. And what is it that I can take responsibility for so that I can feel in control and empowered again? So coach Allie, you, uh, you were saying that you might have an example of maybe when you were an athlete feeling this way, where you wanted to be able to blame a coach, which coaches listen up because it's always fun to hear what the athlete might be thinking. So she's going to give us a perspective that might be good for you to consider for your athletes. So tell us coach Ellie, a good example. Oh my gosh. Well, it's so funny because I've definitely been on both ends of this. Um, it's easier for me to explain my side from an athlete perspective, but Um, the one, the example that I'm going to talk about is when a coach is giving me the same correction over and over again, and I am getting mad one that they're giving me the same correction over and over again. And then two, because I can't make the correction and just, I, I end up blaming the coach. Well, they want me to do this and I can't do that. Right. Like, and it's, it's not my fault and it's their fault and they need to come up with a different way <laughs> for me to be able to complete the skill. So, um, as it's a coach, clever. yeah, they just need to figure this out for me because <laughs> I don't know. Um, so this was on vault and I did a hand front vault and, um, my coach wanted me to get my hands down lower on the table and, I was convinced that that was impossible for me because if I got my hands in lower, I'd be hitting at an angle where my shoulders would subluxe, which I had really bad shoulder problems to be fair, where my shoulders would subluxe. And then I wouldn't be able to do the vault and I would ruin my shoulders. Did I tell my coach this? Absolutely not. (laughs) As a coach, I would have been so bad because And that's what ends up happening. So that's why I like to go to the reverse. As a coach, you're just watching this athlete not make the correction over and over again. And then when they say, 
um, you've just been giving me the same correction over and over again. Think about how mad you get, right? I get so mad. I'm like, I cannot believe that <laughs> that you're blaming me when blah, blah, blah. So it kind of goes both ways. I like to be able to bring up this example because it comes up often where an athlete's not able to make the correction that you're asking them to make. And they're saying that you just give them the same correction over and over again. And and we you can see the tensions on both sides of that. So Coach Amy, I want you to kind of like take me through like top to bottom, like this scenario of like how I'm feeling. I'm going to give you the athlete side and that we might kind of pause and think like, how would you feel as a coach hearing this? Because mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting. There's two sides of this relationship. Okay. What I like to do is, hey, it's usually just math. So if we can kind of separate us from the circumstance and just kind of look like what we're going to do right now and just ask some questions, then it's like we're separating ourselves from what's going on and we're an outside observer. So we can kind of get a, a clearer idea of, of what's actually going on. All right. We think we know what's going on, but there's so many different perspectives. And so let's just pretend that we don't know what's going on, but let's get some information first. So Coach Alley. You're going to be the gymnast, yeah? So yep. you're the athlete. So who's named the person? You don't have to, you can just make up a name, but <laughs> that, you, <laughs> that you believe was causing you to feel negative. Well, it's a really common name. So I'll just say it, Jeff. Okay. So Jeff was the reason why you were feeling negative. And what, how were they making you feel? What is this negative feeling you were feeling towards Jeff? I was frustrated, probably something bigger than that. Thinking back at it, just frustrated because I have a little more (laughs) like knowledge of what's going on. But I mean, I was probably at like this infuriated almost moment because the frustration built so big that I was just like, so infuriated at the situation. Yeah. Okay. So, so Allie as an athlete believed that coach Jeff was causing her to feel infuriated and frustrated. We're just going to go with frustrated, right? Okay. Okay. So, and then I want you to describe just why you think Jeff has the power to make you feel frustrated. Because he was asking me to do something that I, one, couldn't figure out how to do. So like, I, like I was getting mad that he couldn't explain it to me in a way that could make me do it. (laughs) And two, um, because I didn't think that it was going to actually be that helpful. I thought it was going to hurt me rather than help me. Hmm. So just for fun, let's just go with one of those thoughts. Maybe if, if usually when there's kind of a fear of injury, that usually is a pretty strong, uh, kind of motivator. So let's just kind of go with that one just for fun that, Hey, this could actually hurt me. Does that sound okay? Mm-hmm. And so, so the next step I would suggest is it pick one of the thoughts that you're thinking that might be really causing the frustration. Now, maybe that thought's not specifically frustration. If we go with that side of it, the frustration I would say comes from what kind of a thought, give me one thought from the you said number one and number two. I think frustration comes from number one. Yeah, like you're asking me to do something I can't do. Yeah, yeah. You're t- you're like you're asking me to do the impossible. What are you What are you thinking? Come on, Jeff. Like, <laughs> can't you figure out a different way to say this and and be a little smarter about this? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know what my capabilities are? So that would be more frustrating if I just shifted, which I did, to the idea of hey, I could get hurt. That's going to probably be a different feeling. What What feeling would you probably feel if that was the thought we focused on? Fear. Yeah. Yeah, there'd be fear there instead of frustration. So there's there's a lot of emotions that we're probably playing in that. So I'm just going to shift to that because that's usually a pretty strong underlying emotion that's yeah. creating the frustration. Frustration to me at that point is probably a little bit like a lighter emotion. Yeah. And you want to be able to blame other things so you don't have to deal with this fear of getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So can you see that the thought of um, I might get hurt, this could cause, what'd you call it? A sublux on your, with your shoulder? Mm-hmm. 
okay, yep. that this could cause some damage to my shoulder could be what's causing you to find excuses to not do this vault and getting lower rather than Jeff causing you to feel fear or frustration. Can you, I don't know if you can, but I'm just, just imagine, pretend for a second that you're considering the whole situation. We've got Jeff, he's saying these words, we have this vault and you're not either rotating or making it high enough, or like getting high enough, or you're not landing it, whatever the result is that you're not getting. And the idea of getting in lower, the idea of getting in lower actually comes up with a thought of, I could get hurt. That's gonna cause a fear. And when you feel a little bit of fear, how do you show up on vault with that vault? Tell me how your vaults were when you were a little bit worried about the idea, which you probably avoided because athletes don't like thinking about injury. So they'd rather direct it to the coach. But let's just go with what's probably actually really this, the base problem here is an injury. So tell me, how'd you show up on vault when you were a little bit every once in a while kind of considering the idea like this could hurt my shoulder? Um, I definitely was holding back. Could you um, feel that? And it was, I was holding back on, like, I feel like I went harder in the run. And then I like held back on the actual, like getting my arms in and like tightened up there and then didn't finish my positions. So it was like a, it was like this rushed, but holding back situation. Like I didn't want to overpower it because that's how I would get hurt. Right. I mean, in that moment, that's not what I was thinking. Yeah. Right. right? But like looking looking back at it, like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> the reason I couldn't do it is because I literally was stopping myself from doing it because I didn't want the result of getting hurt. Okay. Is what was going to happen. Okay. So here's something really interesting about what you just said. You ran faster. Now here's something really cool about athletes. We will try to compensate for the thing that we're afraid of by doing <laughs> the pieces around it bigger. We don't want to do that thing, but we'll run faster. And then we'll sabotage ourselves at the moment that makes us feel like we could do something that could hurt, but we'll make it look like we're going harder, look like we're doing this bigger, but we know what we're doing. We always know what we're doing, whether we can vocalize it or not. We know at that moment, we're going to tense up. We're going to tighten up. We're going to protect our shoulder, which is going to make it so we can't push through or get in the way, we, the angle that we want, because we don't want to get hurt. We're going to run faster though. So the coach knows like, wow, she did run faster. I'm going to give her that. And they're like, I just don't know what's going on coach. You need to give me a different different correction. Obviously your correction is not working. Right. But we, it's so interesting when you stop for a sec, when you talk to any athlete, if you say, so did you want to get in lower? They, I mean, it doesn't matter what the thing is. They know, no, I didn't. I really didn't want to get in lower. They know, but they want to pretend. So they will look like they're doing everything bigger and harder and faster because they want they want to believe they want the skill. They want the coach to believe they want the skill. But deep down, if there is a fear of injury, that is going to sabotage all of it. So that's that's the, the emotion that's driving all the action. Allie was not about to go in lower on her angle. There was no way she would let herself do that because she did not want to get hurt. You guys, that makes sense. Safety is the biggest piece for most of us. We want emotional safety, physical safety. If we don't feel safe, we're going to, we're going to do things to make sure we feel safe. And then we're going to blame somebody else and be like, they're not smart enough to give me corrections. And so coaches, when sometimes you get maybe those, those thoughts. So I just want to finish up this. So Ali, if you can see that your behaviors at this point, hindsight's everything. Yeah. 2020 hindsight. <laughs> yeah. And now you can vocalize what you're feeling and doing because you can see what other athletes as a coach are doing and you can not call them out, but be aware of it and be a little more compassionate. Cause you're like, then they're done that. That's how I used to do it too. I get it. I can see what you're doing. Yep. 
you can talk them through how they're feeling in the moment and help them understand it's okay. It's okay to feel that. Let's figure out what's going on. Like you said, you didn't talk to your coaches, maybe either because you didn't feel comfortable talking to them, or maybe you did want to believe that you wanted the skill or whatever the reason is, right? But if you notice those actions because you're feeling scared, or we can go with another one, which is frustrated, but we shifted to the scared model. How might you be able to take responsibility for that emotion, that feeling of fear moving forward as an athlete? If you went back in time, how would, what would that look like to take responsibility for your actions instead of, and for your feelings, instead of blaming the coach for not being smart enough to give you a different correction? <laughs> um, well, for me, I think one, um, just being able to, I'm usually good at communication, I feel like, but being able to like actually communicate that to my coach of like, I'm nervous about making this correction because, and explaining that because that even opens up the conversation for him to explain it in a different way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and two, for him to understand, like, cause at this point he thinks I just am not doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so (laughs) yeah, define him. And, and, And so, um, I think just being, able to be like, look, I'm not making this change because I'm nervous about this happening. Like, can we talk about what to do from here? Like literally just that I think would have made all the difference rather than me being like, I can't do this. And him being like, you're not even trying. And, and, and honestly, I don't even know if I even told him I couldn't do it. I just remember it just ended in me just like I had a full meltdown and they're like, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm trying to make the correction and I can't do it. <laughs> and then the, the coach ended up being like, what? Like Jeffy was like, why is she crying? Like he had no idea. And I was like, cause I can't do what you're asking me to do. And they were like, wow. Like Allie, take a, take a chill pill here. That's okay. <laughs> Let's figure out what to do next. So, um, I think just being able to communicate, but coming from a coach's perspective now, mm-hmm. I think that when I can start to see this happening mm-hmm. with athletes, I, I literally just ask them, like, do you understand the correction? Do you understand how to make this correction happen? Or are we nervous to make the correction? Beautiful. Tell me why. So like, I really have like, just like a series of questions of like, like any of these answers are okay, but I'm going to be able to help you differently based on how you're responding. Like if you don't understand what the correction is or how to make the correction, then obviously we have to start there. If you, if you can explain to me what it is, and then you tell me that you're nervous to make it because of X, Y, and Z, then I know how to start there. And that has made a, a big difference. And, and even just acknowledging, like, it's totally okay for you to be nervous to make that correction. If you think that you're going to split the beam because you make that correction or fall on your face, then I totally get it. Like, maybe do you want to try moving to the pit for your first one and try and make the correction there and see how that goes? And just being able to like have that communication um, has been really helpful because it allows me as a coach to understand why it's not happening as well, rather than thinking they're just not trying. Yeah. I want to put a plug in for coaches, um, learning these tools 
Because unless you understand what it feels like, unless you can go back in time and realize, okay, this is what it felt like when I was terrified of splitting the beam, you know, and re remember what those feelings are, it's really hard to be curious and ask questions and be compassionate and try to get some communication because athletes don't usually communicate very well. I mean, I'm telling you, I was just helping a football team yesterday and I finally looked at a coach like, hey, one of the coaches, will you choose one of these athletes to answer this piece? Because they don't. Um, a lot of times, at least for me, I found that being quiet actually benefited me more because I got more attention when I just shook my head yes and went and tried to make corrections that I was or wasn't afraid to make. So progress is based on whether or not I'm afraid to make it or not. But I want you to just a plug for these tools. And it's always great to have your team learn the tools too so they can understand what's going on inside of them. But you learn the tools and teach them to your team. Listen to these tools. Come join us in the membership See what's going on, because if you can feel this and you can explain it, then you can help them feel it and help them explain it. And things are going to start moving kind of like fast track is what I like to say. You will get so many more results and they will get so many more results that they want if they can manage their emotions and take responsibility for how they're feeling about what you're telling them. If they don't know what they're feeling and they're just confused and scared, it's going to be a big, we call it tug of war game. And that is one of those things as a coach that you don't want to get into. It just is not useful and it's a waste of time and nobody's going to get anywhere. And there's going to be a lot of tears and a lot of meltdowns, like Allie said, <laughs> but the coach is like, what is happening? So I just want to give a plug for this because that it to me is probably the, one of the coolest things is learning how to manage your own emotions when somebody else isn't managing their emotions. And then you can help them learn how, because you know how. So that is what we do. That is the power of the work that we do so that you can get some just have more happy times, more productive times, more excited. Hey, yeah, coach says to do this. I want to go do it because I feel comfortable with this idea. I trust the coach is looking out for my best interest, knowing that my shoulder has this injury and he understands these pieces. There's just a lot more growth going on with, with that communication. Like Ali said, but communication happens when somebody understands what's going on inside. If they don't know what's going on inside, they can't verbalize it. You're not going to get any words from an athlete who has no idea what's going on. So hopefully that helps you coaches to understand the importance of doing the emotional work, doing the mental work, the parts that would just go, that's not important. We know it is, and it's easy to say that, but we don't do a lot to actually apply it. And that is the difference. And we know for like five minutes a day on anything, when you add that five minutes up, is just a game changer. It, it adds up to be huge results. So this doesn't have to take time, a lot of time, but it does need to be consistent. And when you figure it out, it's going to be a lot easier to help your team figure it out. And then you're going to get people like Allie, you know, five years ago, I don't know how, how long ago you were doing these skills, Allie. I'm like five years ago. She's so young. It's longer <laughs> than that. Well, being able to come up to you and say, Hey, I would go for it. I'm going to run hard and I'm going to get in lower. If I can explain what's going on here and you still feel like it's a wise idea and I can feel comfortable with this idea, but otherwise I'm going to pretend I feel comfortable with it and then just run hard and and like stop myself right at that moment because I don't want to be hurt. Totally makes sense. So coaches, join us or find, find tools yourself that these tools work and we know they work because we have hundreds of athletes using them. And it feels so much better as a coach to be able to communicate with parents and not feel defensive and not feel reactive. It feels so much better to talk to athletes and have some tools that can help them right there and then in the moment and not just feel frustrated that they're not listening to you that they're trying to ignore you, that they're just pretending and nodding their head and they have no intention of doing anything to change. None of that's true.
but that's kind of how we think sometimes. And that also doesn't help. So there's my plug for getting, getting some tools, <laughs> using the tools. Coach Allie, do you have anything to add to this? Well, just the athletes notice, like when you are somebody who gets frustrated with the athlete, when they're not doing what they ask, and you're able to start managing your own emotions around it, they notice and they want that too. So really the more that you use it and you're able to use it, the more to buy in that they're going to have and want to use it. And when you're both able to do that, it is like unreal what can happen. The communication, the changes, the it's, it's awesome. So Yes. Can you imagine a whole team talking <laughs> to the coach, clearly what's going on, be like, coach, I'm just feeling a little hesitant because this is going on right now. What would you suggest? And if you don't have a suggestion, I have some suggestions and just being able to communicate in a way that is effective. It helps. Yeah. Okay. So. We have a lot more for relationships. So uh, we're going to leave it at that. Take responsibility for your feelings and help your athletes and parents do the same. And it will be incredible. Stop the blame game and you'll see what happens. And I think next week we'll talk a little more about what you expect from others and uh, boundaries. So that'll be really fun. All right. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We believe that you've got this, but we would love to help you in your athletic journey. We know you need to get maximum results in the shortest time possible. So we've created a program with short, effective lessons and coaching that you can fit between practice and the rest of life. We coach parents, coaches, and athletes in the mental and emotional health tools they need to create an environment for athletes to thrive. Invest in the one thing that will have the greatest impact on your success, your mind. Check us out at athletesmindsetacademy.com. Let's do this.